Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. We're talking again about the monsters, and this is part of the Mastering Your Monsters process that I created as a course to help people, anyone that wants to master those pesky monsters that we have. And each one of these episodes is talking about monsters, and many of them are dealing with a specific monster, and I call them all monsters because they're things that show up that sometimes we feel we're afraid of, like we were monsters as a kid, and they can be also things we feel powerless to overcome. So part of my purpose here is to assure you, you have the power, you have the tools, you can do this. No one can keep you from overcoming your monsters. No one from can keep you from creating all the energy, love, ultimateness, whatever that word is in your life that you want. No one can keep you from that. No one can keep you. Now, this is episode 617 in the Master Your Monsters or the Ultimate Life podcast series, and it is the episode dealing with the three biggest time wasters. Three biggest time wasters. Now, I'm going to define things that I've seen that certainly were true for me and that are true for clients that I work with. <clears throat> you may have them described a little differently, but as you go through these time wasters with me, you'll see uh, whether or not they impact you and if they do how much, big, small, or whatever. That'll be interesting, but the real point here is to figure out what to do about this. If you're stuck, you're not producing the kind of outcomes you want, you're not creating the life you want, you're not happy every day, and you're not adding good to the world, in the most auspicious way imaginable with the love, life, talents, and gifts that you were blessed with, then maybe one of these monsters is getting in the way. And this one today is about time wasters. So the first um, <clears throat> monster I wanted to talk about is doubts and stories. Doubts and stories. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, <clears throat> I was listening to a, a motivational video the other day on YouTube and it talked about doubts. It talked about the doubts that we have, the naysayer, the inner critic. We all have a different name for that. You know, the devil on the shoulder or the inner critic or the naysayer. Well, those doubts, they always come from one place. They come from the past. Now, the past can have two components. One, it can be some experience you had where you failed or you thought you failed, where you didn't get the outcome you wanted. And so you're scared. You're scared that it will happen again. Now, unless that failure, so to speak, unless that failure hurt you physically, there really isn't any physical harm to be afraid of. So what is the big deal about failure? Well, I don't know about you, but for me, it was the Wittot fungus, W-I-T-O-T. -T. Do you know what the Wittot fungus is? The Wittot fungus is what I think others think. 
You know, one of the greatest fears is public speaking. Some people rate that higher than death, right? And there is nothing that's going to happen when you're up there speaking in front of a group. If you screw up, get tongue-tied, say all the wrong things, step on your tongue or do whatever, nothing's actually going to happen. It is that idea of embarrassment that is so intense that, you know, people's knees knock and their voices quaver and they get tongue-tied and their head goes blank and on and on and on, and nothing has really happened except they've had a drama and a story in their mind. So the doubts that we have about our own abilities are often just that. They're just stories. We have a story about that, and I'm going to challenge you to think of some of yours. I'm not a morning person. I could never do that. Oh, I've never been organized. Oh, I'm just a a big-picture person. I can't do details. I get lost when it's in details. Or, oh, I'm just forgetful. I never remember where I put my fill-in-the-blank. Keys, wallet, whatever it is, right? And you create a story about who you are. And that story is based on maybe 1, 2, 10, 50, even 100 things that happened in the past. And then we make the mistaken assumption that because it happened in the past, it has to project into the future. Well, I'm just going to ask you a plain, easy question. How much time do you think you waste in minutes a day or hours a day living into doubts or stories about your ability or likelihood of success to do something? I personally have gone back and forth and worried, should I do this, should I not? And maybe it's cost an hour or two or three or five or maybe even more than a day. I'll give you an example. When I wrote my book, Tightrope of Depression, describing some of the horrible details of my life dealing with depression, I waited a year to publish it. That doubt and fear about what I thought others would think caused me sleepless nights, made me sick to my stomach and had dramatic impacts on me because of doubts and fears. Now, you may have a more dramatic example or not, but I challenge you right now to look into that. Now, we're, we're really talking about how to overcome this. So doubt your doubts. Why am I thinking that? There is no requirement that makes the future equal to the past unless we allow it. My experience has been, <clears throat> I published the book and nothing happened. I gave the talk and nothing happened. I created the course and I sold some. You know, the thing I was terrified of just didn't happen. And even if it did, the sun still came up in the morning, life went on, and I was able to move forward. So examine what really is going on here, and you'll find most of the time it is fear of a feeling. I will feel so embarrassed and I can't stand the idea of feeling that. To overcome that, we start a little at a time. You don't have to go jump off the highest bungee jump in New Zealand, which is some 900 feet, in order to prove anything. You don't have to do that. What if you took 3% more responsibility for whatever it is that you're afraid of? Like just 3%. Nathaniel Brandon wrote some books about personal responsibility, and that was one of his questions. He might have used 5%, 3%, doesn't matter. 
What if you took just a small percentage, 3% more responsibility for something that you're afraid of? You'll find very quickly you can master that fear. The second big time waster is reminiscing and guilt. Now, reminiscing can be a good thing where you relive or talk about a happy memory that's uplifting and powerful and good and joyful. I'm not talking about that. We often reminisce a conversation that went wrong, a relationship that got trashed, a mistake that got made. Guilt is something about, you know, you did something and you feel bad about it later. I wish I hadn't done that. Oh, that turned out horribly. Whatever it is. Again, this is a question of time. Your precious resource used up in reminiscing about mistakes, self-flagellation and guilt about things you did wrong. Now, I'm not pretending we don't have a responsibility to clean up mistakes. We do. When something is within our ability to clean it up and we've made a mistake, we should do that. We should own it, clean it up, and recommit. I describe it like this. You know, stand up, fess up, and recommit, right? Or fess up, fix it, and recommit, right? All right. Or if I'm going to use ups, fess up, clean it up, and recommit. Whatever it is, we we should do that because that is a demonstration that we live in integrity with our beliefs. But one of the things I notice about me is sometimes how long that takes. I'm afraid of what someone's going to say. I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble. I'm afraid I'm going to get yelled at. I'm afraid, again, of wit-taught what I think others think because of this mistake I made or because of this intentional unkindness that I did. When I was having struggles with depression and drugs and things, I did lots of stuff that I've had to clean up over the years. Was it easy? Of course not. Was it worth it? Absolutely. So the choice to not waste time and live in that continual emotional drama and stirring, it's a little bit like the doubts and stories, only these distractions and delays come from guilt. Again, a little at a time. The first choice is I'm not living this way anymore. I'm done. I am going to clean it up. And here's the incentive. As long as I'm carrying that guilt, shame, and lack of forgiveness, forgiveness ties in here too, I'm filling my backpack with rocks. They weigh me down and I can't move forward and do anything positive. So the first big time waster was doubts and stories. The second one is reminiscence of negative things and guilt. Both of those can be attacked a little at a time after a firm and clear declaration, I'm not living this way anymore. And maybe some of them can be attacked and cleaned up all at once. Some of them may be a little at a time. And you know what? Cleaning it up doesn't depend on someone else accepting your apology. It just means that you have done what you can. So you can stop stewing and wasting time and getting in the way of your own gifts, talents, and opportunities to serve. The third big time waster is something that is so prevalent today. There is so much of it. It's almost... Well, it's scary, and that is distractions. Every time I touch the television control, which I've done a little bit more than normal during these Olympics because we've watched a little bit more TV than normal, watching the athletes and all those perform such staggering feats, 
But every time I touch it, I just marvel. I'm almost scared. <clears throat> not really, but it's frightening the number of TV, not just channels, but the number of, you know, boxes, a Brit box and Acorn and Hulu and Tubi and Gooby, and I don't even know the name of them. All of these different ways, and that's just watching television. That doesn't even count games on smartphones and casinos online, an endless number of things to pull us away from our mission. Now, living the ultimate life is living a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you create by serving with your divine gifts. And <clears throat> being endlessly distracted from that means that we never develop our talents to their full capability. We never, we never experience the joy that comes from living at a higher and higher and higher potential from being connected with the spirit, from being connected with eternity, because we're too busy with these distractions that ultimately don't add anything to life. And they certainly don't allow us to serve. So serving, we are built to serve. We are built to love each other. As humans, we are happiest when we are loving and serving one another in community or individually. That's simply a fact of our physiology and our spiritual biology, right? And, and we all know that. We all feel it because we've all participated in that kind of service, and it feels so rewarding and so good. And people say that all the time. I'll talk to them, and they'll say, oh, I just love helping people. Well, we all do. We're built to do that. The endless number of distractions in the name of fun <clears throat> or recreation clearly get in the way of that. And if you're going to manage that, the first thing to do is track it. Track. Your phone helps you. How much screen time did you have? And use a calendar. I track on my calendar uh, anything longer than 15 or 30 minutes so that I can keep track of where my time goes. Not to beat myself up, not to be angry or judgmental because I don't do that, but because I want to own my life. It's, it's mine. I want to know where my day, my week, my month went so that I can make conscious, intentional choices about what I'm doing with it. Like, what do I want my life to be about? Well, I've made a choice, as I mentioned last, uh, the last episode was, I, I want to be a beacon of light, a vessel of love, and a conduit of power. My mission is to help 10 million people discover develop, and then serve with their divine gifts. Whether that serving is in a business context or in a volunteer context or a mixture or whatever it is, so that each of us can live into the, the fullness of our potential. We can give and do and be all that we can, all that we were intended to do. And you know something? We all feel that pull. We all feel that yearning to love and to serve and to be more and to bless. Sometimes we beat it down and ignore it. And when we don't, and we give in to the yearning to do good and add good to the world, we're happy. We're happiest, not just a little. That's the happiest place. It's a place of love, kindness, and service. And so if any of those time wasters, doubts and stories, reminiscing and guilt, or distractions are monsters that are getting in your way, this is your invitation to notice and take concrete steps a little at a time 
eliminate distractions, and just this is an opportunity for you to choose to do that. And it starts with awareness, and it starts with a firm decision. I am doing something different, reclaiming the sovereignty over your time, which is the substance of your life. And it is the substance from which you create your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is your ultimate life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet